Hey, it's Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Ben Wu of Brex Venture Debt. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, Scott. My pleasure. So uh, we were just catching up uh, before I turned the mics on, but our old our old Lighthouse office before I joined Cruise was next to your old office at General Catalyst. So small world, you probably walk by each other once in a while. But now you're doing Brex Venture Debt, which is super exciting. Maybe tell the audience, retrace your career a little bit and tell them how you had the idea for this. Sure. Sounds good. And, and uh, you know, back when I was a general catalyst, I think your, your colleagues were always a little bit better dressed than us. So uh, that's what, what that's what I recall. Always some, some very <laughs> I nice, don't know about that. nice shoes. Um, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll retrace my steps. And, and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for me, it's been uh, a couple of decades, but I started my career about 20 years ago. I was a young M&A banker at a place called Broadview that was eventually bought by Jefferies. Mm. Um, and I also worked at Goldman SSG in Asia as a summer associate when I was in business school and then continued to kind of build my career in investing um, as a combination of credit investing and growth investing in tech. Um, I was the first associate at Fortress Credit Opportunities uh, a while ago. Uh, also, when I was at General Catalyst, I was one of the folks who launched the Growth Equity Group uh, when I was there, um, worked closely with David Fiacco, um, and wow. then uh, moved to New York and did um, principal investing for Macquarie, the Australian investment firm, Balance Sheet Investing, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, and spent um, a bit time at, at Sixth Street Growth. And over the qu- course of my career, invested over $2 billion of capital into direct credit and structured equity opportunities, um, and particularly excited about um, where the world is in terms of... Um, tech and growth. And, you know, Brex is a, is a super unique company with relationships across thousands and thousands of companies that rely on Brex for their growth and their financial needs. And, you know, the idea here um, for Brex asset management is to really create a new arm within Brex to be able to provide capital to supercharge the company's growth and really be another uh, another way to kind of help these companies grow and make life easier for them. Totally. I didn't know you had the Fortress credit background, which makes a ton of sense now. Mm-hmm. Coming into the interview, I was thinking of you as like a general catalyst VC person, mm. you know, big opportunities, spotting great companies. But that makes perfect sense that you're like the right person for the job. So that, that's super. Yeah, cool. uh, thanks. I've done a lot of credit uh, and direct lending in my career as well. Yeah. One of the reasons we're so fired up about Brex Venture Debt is if you kind of think about it, Brex is mostly known for the credit card. Mm-hmm. But then you also have a banking product in Brex Cash. Mm-hmm. And what we were kind of thinking at Cruise was like, oh my gosh, they're slowly, methodically building out all the capabilities 
of a bank or financial services mm -hmm. company and it made perfect sense to do lending. Is that kind of the thought process at Brex? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that um, I, as of now, there's a, there's a real staple of software and services between the card um, expense management, cash management for companies. And, and we thought that a logical extension would be uh, in addition to provide capital to companies to help them scale, to make it easier and make it founder friendly for companies to help them scale. And so the, the venture debt product is really the, the core product and the staple product that we think of. Because um, as you look at the Brex customer base within the venture backed universe, a lot of these companies are quite early. They're seed, uh, you know, series A and the venture debt product one um, um, strategy when done correctly can really help these companies grow. Um, and so the idea is to kind of link the, the venture debt strategy and, and capital with the other services and software that the company provides to really make it a, 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 a seamless suite of services that can help these companies, you know, really focus on their businesses and be able to uh, use this capital and services to, to help supercharge their growth. Yeah, it probably helps your underwriting too, because you're seeing like what's happening on their expense management or, or expenses and cash balance. And you can probably use some analytics to do some pretty creative stuff there to figure out who's the, who, you know, who you should be looking at. I, I think that's exactly right. In fact, that's something that we, um, we actively um, leverage, which is, you know, there's data on the companies. We know if the companies um, pay well, we know as they, you know, as they grow, we can see some of the data on it. It helps us identify the companies up, up front to say, these are the companies that we see growing well, we want to approach and speak with. And we also can see it during underwriting. And we also know how they, um, you know, are they are they ones that pay off the credit card and therefore would be good borrowers? <laughs> yeah. um, so that's all part of what we kind of leverage in order to kind of use the the platform to be able to evaluate what are the best businesses to to kind of approach and invest in. Yeah, I mean that's the quantitative approach, but venture debt's kind of an interesting category as a lender because you have to you're kind of underwriting some qualitative stuff with startups. Sure. Like, how do you think about that when you're looking at a new opportunity? Yeah, it's a great question. And so I would say two things. I think number one. There is, you know, in my, in my career, sometimes when working with a new company, it's starting from the zero yard line. You're basically saying, I'm an, I want to invest with you. You know, I'm, I'm from XYZ company. Let's build a relationship. Here, it's very different because there's actually quite a very special relationship between Brex and the cu customers. These customers already rely on Brex for the credit card use, maybe their cash use, maybe much more than that. And so there's already a, a sense of like, I would like to work with you, Brex. I, I trust you and I would like to expand my relationship with you. And so that's a very special, I think, place to start. So when we speak with companies about also becoming their capital provider, companies, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of trust there, which, as we know, is just massively critical uh, in any relationship. And I think that that kind of lends itself throughout the relationship. They know that as we're working with them, we're looking to approach the relationship as a way to support them and support their growth for the short term and also medium and long term, because the, the desire is to be able to support these companies for long term and keep them customers for the, the long, long term. Um, you know, our, our goal here is to be able to, you know, provide um, capital, but also we want to make sure that we strike a balance and that we're providing the best support for growth for the companies that we can. Absolutely. And I can actually validate that because before you guys kind of did your public announcements, I, you probably were like team building and talking to some of the companies. And so we would have cruise clients be like, ping me and be like, Hey, have you seen a Brex venture? Like Brex is doing venture debt. And I'd be like, Oh, I haven't heard that. That's really mm. interesting. But it was, it was interesting to me because the entrepreneurs were positively inclined to work with you, even though mm. like, they hadn't really gone too far. They were just having a conversation at the time, but like I could, I was getting the back channel like, Oh, that's really cool. And there was something else that was interesting, which one of the founders said to me was, 
I think they would be a better lender because they're a venture back startup themselves and they understand what we're going through. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's like a, a aha moment there and a real validation of the Brex brand. I thought mm. that was really cool. I think that's that's exactly right. And and when we approach the whole approach with with Brex Venture Debt is really to be founder friendly. We're trying to think about what are some of the pain points that founders face um, as they're scaling their businesses and they're raising capital and they're trying to extend their runway and they're thinking about raising their Series A. And as they look forward to the horizon, as they build their businesses, you know, less dilution is obviously something that's that's very important. And we want to make sure these companies can keep a large part of their business because we all know how hard it is to build a business. But also separately, when thinking about how to structure the investment and the, the the facility, it's giving them flexibility to be able to, they don't have to draw on it right away, to draw it in a way that makes sense over time when they need it. So it's not immediately something that needs to be drawn if they've got plenty of cash. And so it's really trying to be founder friendly from both a structure, but also process perspective. You know, the team is lean and we're actively looking at opportunities. So we're trying to also have underwriting leverage existing data and be very in sync with the company. So it's a very efficient process so they can continue to go back to running their business. I love it. I love it. Maybe we could talk kind of like mechanics here. Like how does, where does the capital come from and what's, how, what's your process? Like when you, you know, when you talk to a company or they reach out to you, sure. how does it, how does it work basically? Sure. So I would say, um, first of all, almost all of, well, basically all of our companies that we're talking to are, are existing Brex customers. And so um, there are their customers of the credit card. And in fact, um, I think every company is or, um, or of, the, of the cash management um, mm. service as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we do hear of companies that, that want to join and they, we ask them to kind of uh, onboard the Brex platform, but really it's the Brex customer base. Um, so, um, when we, you know, there's two ways we can, uh, you know, see a, see an opportunity. Often companies are actually, as they've been hearing about this product, coming to us. Totally. That's quite frequent. And, and yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, we're, we're in a fortunate position because of that relationship that we actually are a little bit overwhelmed with interest now, which is sure. a fantastic place to be. But we also are using data to be able to say these are the type of companies that we think would be a good candidate for Brex Venture Debt and to proactively reach out to them. So there's certainly that that they give get in kind of both ways of approaching it. But really, the goal is to be able to be transparent with um, Brex customers as to type of companies that we want to back and also making a very transparent and efficient process as well. And then our process is we, we try to kind of be very upfront as to the type of companies we want to back and, and you know, issue a term sheet in a, in a transparent way, you know, not have hidden fees and really try to craft a facility that's going to be supportive of the company. Everything that we do uh, is built around that efficiency of process and transparency. And what's, is it like capital you're lending off of Brex's balance mm. sheet or is it a fund right. or what's the structure? Yeah. So, and the strategy is that this would be, uh, you know, hopefully a first fund among, amongst many and we'll be using that over many years to be able to support um, the early stage companies within the Brex customer base. Each investment, individual investment starts from 250K to about 10 million. And so oh, wow. they're relatively you know, smaller in size, but um, but, but really the, the, the goal is to be able to support the early stage customers. Within, yeah, um, that's awesome. Base. You're doing like even down to 250. I bet you the data analysis aspect that you're able to piggyback on helps you reach those companies. Because mm. I was a lighthouse, which is a precursor, you know, precursor to in venture debt world. We had a hard time doing smaller deals because mm. our time, like finding a deal was a mm. lot of work. And so like if you're only going to do 250, it didn't really make that much economic sense. But I totally. bet you with like the way you guys can underwrite, 
you can actually do a lot of those 250 deals and then be positioned to grow with the company as they grow. That's exactly right. You said it better than I would. I mean, that's that you know we're, we're looking to you know I'd say that's it's it's probably early for us in terms of 250k, but we certainly start there. And those companies that we are reaching, we're looking to support them early on and grow with them over time. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is that even though they may be seed stage, um, we have the data and the ability to kind of craft you know, a facility that's going to be supportive to them. So that is something that we, um, you know, that size range is something that we are evaluating as well. That makes perfect sense. How do you, like one of the challenges with venture devs, like not every startup is a moonshot or a rocket ship, mm -hmm. or how do you handle like some of the, I mean, you probably, you probably even had, haven't had any of these issues yet, but like, how do you handle, we used to call it going sideways, like mm -hmm. not crashing, mm -hmm. but a company like doing okay. Mm -hmm. And how do you help facilitate you know, more equity coming into the company mm. or a creative restructures or how, how, what's the plan on how to help those startups that are kind of not rocket ships, not crashing, but like yeah. doing good enough to keep going, right. but not like, you know, people are dying to give them a ton of, ton of new capital. Yeah. You know, so as, as capital providers, you know, when we think about our solution, the debt plus warrants, I mean, in some ways we, um, you know, our return is generated via half debt and also some of the warrants. Yeah. And so, in, and from an investment point of view, it's less fully tied to the valuation, as we know. And so we feel like we're in a decent position from an investor point of view. But at the end of the day, we're looking to support these companies. And we have structured these investments to give them less dilutive capital as runway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if things are going sideways slash not as well as we like, we still want to be supportive to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the ways we can do that is to number one, not be um, saying, hey, listen, we're going to sweep all your cash and all the way, all, all of a sudden everything's go sideways and everything is in. We think that's not good for their franchise, obviously not good for our franchise. And we're not looking to build that type of company and that kind of investment um, investment arm. And so that's we're seeking- point, by the way, just take a, yeah. I started laughing, but it's actually stuff that happened in the downturns yeah. or like some of the banks were super trigger happy or we, I've seen over the years, new entrants come into the venture debt market like kind of guns blazing, mm. doing a lot of term sheets, the most popular person in town. And then 18 months later, the deals are going sideways Yeah, and they clamp down and make it hard for those companies to raise more money. Yeah. So that's actually a great, that's great that you're taking that approach of like being more flexible, helping them instead of the, the clamp down thing is it's uh, it can be really tough for a company if, if your lender is not willing to work with you. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think that that a, a couple of things. One, um, these are valued Brex customers across yeah, the that's a great point. Um, across across the platform. And 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 we are looking to continue to help them grow. And we think and we've seen in the past when there is a downturn, et cetera, the innovation economy is not going away. And there's gonna totally. be there's gonna be cycles. Like like in, you know, that's just a fact. It's like it's like gravity, a fact of life and taxes and a fact of life. But our our goal is to support our customers through that across the entire Brex Brex platform, number one. Number two. Um, you know, we 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 want to do um, right by our investors as well, and so yeah. a lot of that is thinking up front, like looking at um, the companies, looking at the investor support, looking at the quality companies from a fundamental point of view, looking at the strength of the end markets, and saying, you know, we're we're backing companies and we have conviction with these companies. I think where we might be able to go sideways is if we just kind of like you know just invest everywhere, and totally. then we don't really have a conviction between the business model and the management and the investors yeah. of each company. And that's what we're trying to make sure that we do in a disciplined way and be efficient about um, throughout our process. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does 
is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals in the company. And so you can click on the chart out profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is ChartOp has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartOp. Check it out, ChartOp.com. We use it at Cruise, really like it. And I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. You know, you made a great point about being true to your investors too. And what's cool about the venture debt market is in those downturns, actually almost always it's beneficial to the investors to restructure or to be patient mm-hmm. because entrepreneurs will surprise you sometimes. Like they, mm. they can take a tough situation, restructure their company, get on the right path again. And eight, you know, a, a year later they're raising an up round when mm-hmm. you thought the, you know, and so what I've seen in the, I think again, it, it, it validates your patient approach and flexible approach. Cause like it's better to do that and play along with them and help them be successful mm-hmm. rather than taking your ball and going home. I think that's exactly right. And I think Brex's approach um, is to be enablers and to basically to support, supercharge, help grow. Uh, and we're here to support and help our customers. Um, we're not here to, um, and that's, I think that's the genesis of this product is to really be able to uh, make the, fa- the founder journey isn't easy and to be yeah. there to, to take um, a load off their plate in terms of the financial side of it. And we're here and we think it'll actually pay off for the investors too. We think it's beneficial for all stakeholders to be able to be supported to these companies um, as they grow going totally forward. Totally agree. In terms of like the categories you're looking for, are there specific mm-hmm. industries like or software, fintech, sure. biotech? Like what do you, what's your target uh, company? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're looking at companies and, and um, you know, I'd say the financial metrics tend to be, you know, and, and, and there's certainly exceptions to the rule too, as, as we talked about, we're doing smaller facilities, but we've um, thus far looked at companies that are 500K of ARR generally and, and, and more so that there's something to look at from a, from a debt perspective. Um, but we also look at businesses. I mean, the other thing that we look at are businesses that do have some sort of recurring revenue business model. So we look um, thus far, our investments have been more SaaS software, um, yeah. but we also look at uh, marketplaces that have reached some, you know, some traction and some network effects. Subscription businesses, we're looking at some B2C, some subscription businesses, businesses that have some install base um, that can help us, you know, feel comfortable that as, you know, since we, as, uh, as you know, w- won't be achieving the 10 times returns, we need to make sure that these companies have some base. And so oh, yeah. we look at that from a revenue point of view, and that's something that we certainly analyze the recurringness and retention, um, but also just the scalability of the business model. Is this something where, you know, how do the margins look? You know, how do we feel about um, the management's ability to kind of execute on the plan and how big is the market? Uh, things like that. And then also looking, obviously, the, the support of the investor base, because that, you know, we won't be the only capital providers this space. Um, so that's, that's, that's very important. And then I would say, lastly, the, the end market is very important. We, we definitely look at the durability and the growth of the end market. And we see a lot of businesses that have a very strong grip on, you know, that specific, you know, market and niche that they're playing in and, uh, and, and are innovators within that segment. And we're like, this is also a really good market that like, why isn't it yet addressed yet? And we think that's a really, that's, that's something that we like a lot. Yeah. I love it. I always just say like explain to entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs will ask you those questions because mm-hmm. they're interested in what you're, I used to always say like, we're underwriting 
all the things that venture capitalists thinks mm-hmm. about all the stuff you rattled off was like market opportunity, right? Reoccurring revenue stream, all these kind of things, because after you put your money in, they need to be able to raise another round for you to be paid back. And also a big part of your model is the warrants. I'm sure, I'm sure there's yeah. some upside there that you're hoping for. Definitely. You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, maybe do you mind explaining just the mechanics of the warrants to entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Cause it's sometimes people, I always kind of say it's like stock options, but you give them to your lender, but maybe kind of explain how warrants work for the founders. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the warrants are basically a, a, an option for the investors to purchase stock at like a, a, you know, a certain price. I mean, there, there, there are these things called the penny warrants, which is basically like you're issued those warrants and you're able to purchase it for uh, almost for free. Um, the way um, we approach it is to, um, to strike at the latest valuation. So the latest 401, 409A, and so we, we view ourselves as being aligned with the um, with the business because we we only grow and gain value from the warrants if the business grows. Um, and so we're we're obvi- we're trying to provide the capital and also support like you know the Brex customer base. There's there's quite a lot of customers there to the extent we can provide value added services and basically introduce customers to our customers um, oh, and our companies that we're investing in. Yeah. We are we are um, absolutely um, looking to do that. And so we're we're hoping our capital and our unique positioning will add value to the businesses. And so we gain only, you know, and we're, I would say between 15 and 50 BIPs um, and warrants in the company uh, that we, companies that we invest in, you know, we gain when the company grows over time. And so we certainly are looking to, to, to further the company's growth. Even when, you know, when we're, we're repaid, we're not generating any interest. We're looking to, to help the company any way we can so that we can, you know, gain as well. I love that. And th- your point about you benefiting when the whole valuation, when the whole pie gets bigger, is a really good one there. I mean, when I was at Lighthouse, I did like impossible foods and, mm, you know, fresh well books and tons of companies. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm not, this isn't about me. I'm just yeah. saying it to the audience of like those companies, when you do the, when you're doing these deals right now, they're very small, but they become billion dollar, multi-billion yeah. dollar exits. And it's, and that's getting back to like your investors. You're taking care of both the entrepreneurs are getting the capital they need and your investors are going to get some some really big returns in there which is really exciting so yeah we're yeah. we're we're excited about this uh, maybe tell everyone how they can get a hold of you if you're interested and and kind of refresh everyone about Brex's approach so we're structured where we've got you know originators and and uh, and then you know you know me from this uh, from 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 this event too so i can provide you know my my information which is uh, you know my email address which you can always reach out to if there's there's an interest um, and so um, only during working hours should you only be- during working hours though and that, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. yeah exactly um, but uh, my or, email or address landing page like you guys actually have a really good blog post announcing venture venture debt but is there you know a kind of a scalable way someone can can indicate their interests for you guys. Yes, that works. That actually probably works better than my personal email address. And I was yeah. going to give out my cell phone and my, and my, my home address oh. too, but you're like, you know what? Stop that. They t- yeah, too, yeah, much, yeah, too much, too yeah. much. I appreciate Protect your commitment yourself. to your job, but that's too yeah. much. Yeah. Your family may not like it. <laughs> um, but our, um, our, our website, the Brex website has a, a, a landing page for Brex Venture Debt. Um, and there, there actually is all the information necessary to kind of get the whole process started as well. Um, so that's probably um, the best way to, um, you know, and we've got a whole process where, you know, as the companies come in, we, we, we get the data, we evaluate, and then we kind of, you know, have a step-by-step process with which we kind of bring in new, new opportunities. That's, that's a, a great way to kind of get started with our, um, with our process. I love it. Well, you've been a great partner to us. I was telling you before we turned on, I think we're like your leading accounting firm partner every month almost nowadays. So we love you guys. 
I still remember when, when Michael Tannenbaum walked into our office and said, you should start using the Brex credit card like four or five years ago. And we were so frustrated with Amex and some of the other providers out there. And we tried it and it worked great. And it's been, you know, you introduced Brex cash and now you've got venture debt. It's exciting to see where you're taking the company. So kudos to the team at Brex and uh, we'll look forward to working with you closely on the venture debt product. Thanks so much. It's great to be on here and great to, uh, to have this great partnership with your firm. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise from Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Owens.